Hello, and welcome to the Pulse Autism Podcast. My name is Lucas, alongside my fellow co-host Kayla and Aaron. We're very excited to bring you another um, interesting topic regarding COVID-19 and basically about the environmental impact on the ocean and transport and all that stuff. So uh, good to have good to have us three back together again. Um, and yeah, let's let's talk about talk about what we've been doing and what we've been reading up on. Uh, so first and foremost, I um, any anyone want to start the discussion off? Yeah, I do. I wouldn't mind. Um, um, so we're gonna talk about the oceans today. COVID's impact on the oceans. Um, my question for you guys is: So I haven't done a ton of research on this, which is why I'm I'm so curious. My question for you guys is: Okay, so there's lots of information out there about COVID and how it's affecting transportation, how it's affecting wildlife, how it's affecting um, air quality, and those are all things that I think you guys are going to talk about at some point. But my question for you is, have you noticed anything in your communities or your neighborhoods that you've seen a significant change from COVID? I have seen masks on the ground when they could be disposed of properly. Uh, one thing I would suggest that when people do is to cut the strings um, around the ears so that way animals and sea life don't end up getting caught in them? I could uh, follow up Aaron's question um, answer as well, because I have seen plenty of masks just completely discarded on the sidewalks, which is really not where they're supposed to be. You know, if, if at least you could uh, benefit or not, just recycle it. It's, I mean, even though it's, is there like some sort of like paper stuff in that kind of nature? I mean, if it's if it's like based on paper kind of fabric, I mean, it could be recyclable. But and again, cut the strings off and uh, just recycle it. It's basically paper. It could be just reused, recycled. You know, it's not rocket science. Um, and then, oh, sorry. At the material, I'm not really sure if it can be recycled or not. That could be something that could be looked into later. Yeah, But totally. it, in terms of their material, um. It would make sense that they probably would be disposed of in the trash, but totally. it depends. I guess it depends on the material at the mask. But I'm thinking of the typical um, medical masks that people are often wearing. The dis right. the disposable. I would think mm -hmm. that that's the type that's not recyclable. You'd still have to dispose of it properly. Just have. I would just think it would be in the trash though. So just I remembered. Actually... Yeah, but just remember to cut strings when you do. So I did read a little bit about um, about masks and recycling, and um, they are considered non-recyclable, but they are also made of plastic, so companies are trying to find a way. So disposable face masks are made from something called polypropylene fabric, which is plastic. Oh, I've um, heard of that. So according to Waste Free Oceans, it can take about 450 years to compose in decompose in nature. So... They are wow. working on trying to get something better, but for, for right now, those are those are garbage, unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunately, um, that was actually um, part of the research that I did for an earlier topic um, in terms of for with the environment and such, is that some things that we could think are recyclable that were made from recyclable products, but not necessarily can be recycled again like hard plastics. You so, know, act, oh, 
Sorry, I also want to bring up the fact that um, there's also those cloth um, masks as well. I know they aren't as effective. Um, I know some people say like they might not be as super effective, um, but they're still, um, you can still wash them. So that's also pretty important because they are reusable. That's important because you have to think of that, that um, like for me, I use a fabric um, scarf, like a scarf kind of thing. So you can roll it up, roll it down on a regular basis because it's easier for me to use instead of having to take it off, take it on kind of thing. So, I mean, it's, you have the old fashioned fabric versus fabric versus, you know, the plastic material. What are you going to choose? You know, it's, you gotta, it's the best. It's, you gotta choose one or the other, I guess. Hard to know. And adding in with the reusable masks too, there are some when people make them, they actually provide an option to add in a filter as well. Um, some cloth masks don't have that, but some have that as an option, um, especially if you go on to like uh, Etsy or Amazon or something. Yeah, yeah it's, um, that's also something I've seen as well. It more and, and some people are getting pretty creative with their face masks though. So in a nutshell, people, people are getting pretty, um, um, get, get those. Um, also, um, you know, also I've got to ask Aaron, you said, um, you just said that you can get the filters or something. Um, yeah. Um, I've like seen that. them on Amazon, some stores where you, um, can buy a mask. Um, sometimes they provide them or you can just get them in like a bulk pack. Um, I think some other kind of grocery stores, if it's could probably be found as well in similar places where you can find the medical mask. But in terms of what their material is, I don't remember offhand. Um, give me a second. Let me see if I can find something on Amazon here. Keep talking in the meantime and I'll, while I search. No worries, no worries. Um, while Aaron continues talking for a sec, um, Kayla, do you have any um, things you wanna talk about, you know, when it comes to like what SF was talking about when it comes to, um, to like things you've seen um, happen, the environment like like Aaron, what Aaron and I have both seen with masks or transit um, transit uh, usage has gone down. What have you seen that's made a difference um, that you've seen over the last 18, 15 or so months, for example? Um, well, not as much anymore, but still occasionally um, the plastic gloves end up on the ground. Uh, in the beginning, there were a lot of them because when they said that we should be using gloves in the stores, like they were everywhere. Um, and still some people use gloves and then they just throw them on the ground. And then those also end up in our oceans and they can, uh, they can like end up in the lungs. Like a lot of like turtles will think that they're jellyfish and yeah. they'll end up trying to eat them and they'll get caught in their throats and stuff and suffocate them. Mm -hmm. You know, horrible. actually, oh, it is. Um, Kayla, um, I for forgot to let our viewers know, um, if I'm not mistaken, you also drive a little scooter. So is that like electric or anything like that, if I'm not mistaken? It is an electric scooter, yes. So technically you don't have to spend on like with the emissions and stuff. So technically it's just on a battery package. So you're not really putting more fumes up into the clouds in a nutshell. So basically your scooter is basically like one of those little, a little Tesla in a nutshell. Yeah, it doesn't go as far or <laughs> for as long, but it's, it's nice. Cause 
Uh, I don't have to spend the money on gas and it gets me where I need to go most of the time. And totally. like you said, no emissions uh, for to affect the air quality. And also it's another, just one more thing to save our oceans, I guess, you know, I know we're in a weird time right now and, you know, we're just, and we're, and basically we're just starting and some, yeah. And also another thing though, too, for any of our listeners, this is um, right now because of the pandemic, um, we're actually doing this podcast from uh, um, not directly from one location. I'm doing it from home. Kayla is also doing hers from home. Um, and SF and uh, Aaron are both doing it at a, at another site. So we're all we're all not like we're not physically coming into site right now to uh, do like to do these recordings. Fortunately, thank you. To, thanks to all the virtual uh, conferencing technology that has been gaining steam over the last 15 or so months. So that's also something I can bring up as well. Um, and also all of you can agree. Anyway, um, Aaron, um, just I think she's ready to go. Uh, so. Can you fill, fill us in with the details you uh, were going to mention to us? Yeah, well, it's not details per se, but um, I was the question came up earlier about in terms of the material, uh, right. the filters and face masks. Mm -hmm. A lot of them are like carbon filter or charcoal or something like that, where they have the multi-layer thing. Right. Um, and so they so if it's a mask that allows you to have that insert um you can use those and just and then after a while you can uh, remove those and input a new one in terms of disposal exposing them um i haven't figured that out yet i was just trying to find the material um take your time but I would think something like that, you may not necessarily be able to recycle. Um, but again, that's going to be some digging around about. Well, um, I guess nothing is 100%, unfortunately, which is kind of a shame, you know, when no, you No, unfortunately, that's how it is right now. Mm -hmm. um, but hey, but if, if, but if the most you can do. It's made out of recycled material not doesn't necessarily mean that it's something that can be recycled now that's the thing about with hard plastics just because it's made out of recycled material doesn't mean that it itself can be recycled but you just have to know how to dispose of it properly even if it is that something that does does go in the trash if it is something that can be recycled in another way good thing it's something to consider but totally. it's something that can't be, unfortunately, yeah, it would have to go in the trash. Which is again unfortunate. But I mean, but I mean, um, hopefully, hopefully, it, I know there's some things that can be compo um, compostable, um, can could be put in the compost. But um, uh, but again, it's hard. Everything right now is all up in the air. You know, the material we don't know what's where it goes, what it does. It's it's very difficult at times, unfortunately. I think we we know it's just that we're not getting the right messaging. We're getting like different messaging so we know what we've been told right and it's not all consistent that is true that is true you bring up a really it, good point there it's another thing too in terms of how you where you live too like here in british columbia we have um i would say it's a pretty good uh recycle program um uh, whereas in like places like japan they have like burnable trash you can sort by like 
trash that you can burn and trash that you can't in terms of other things that they can recycle properly. And then, um, whereas in various places in the States, they may not necessarily have a place where you can recycle paper and bottles. Those would be thrown away in the trash. Also, also, Aaron, it also might just be messaging too, because there's some places that, you know, the, they might, the messaging might seem a little off or confusing for some folks because they think, um, because again, it's all depending on the municipalities, how they go about dealing with, um, with recycling, recycling and stuff. And like I was hearing in London, apparently, even in the same city, there's different parts of the city. They have totally, completely different, um, different uh, systems on how recycling and composting and stuff is because it's yeah. it's based on the, it's based on the little parts of uh, the city. Basically, it's it's well, it's all that it's government over there. I don't understand it personally, but yeah, yeah. Well, also, like I just recently moved from Surrey to Delta, and there's a lot more things that I'm allowed to recycle in. Um, in my different recycle bins here in Delta than what I was allowed to put in my recycle bin in Surrey. So uh, I found that really interesting when I moved that I was able to recycle a lot more. Again, it all depends. I guess it does bring, it does depend on the municipality. I guess that's what it is, unfortunately. Um, If I can just bring us to oceans, back sure. to oceans for a sec. Um, I so I, I'm I'm reading a bunch of things. I've been reading uh, some information that Kayla has sent. That's just been vast and detailed and extremely informative and and somewhat entertaining. I have to say, um, simply in that this first point, I'm really really excited about because it's a positive about COVID. So the impacts of COVID on the health of oceans has been positive. Um, Kayla, do you want to touch on that? Um, yeah, uh, something that they were noticing like near the beginning of COVID was when all of the shipping slowed down and there wasn't as much boat traffic on the oceans, um, a lot of animals started spreading out and coming into areas where they wouldn't see them before just because they could now communicate with each other in those areas and um and it made it safer for them to be there without the boats um like uh the dolphins that came back into the venice canals and um they were starting to see I think it was what they were starting to see whales in the New York Harbor and a lot of different animals that they wouldn't normally see in those areas just because they had been driven out by boat traffic. Um, and yeah. Um, yeah, and and it was and with all the boats, it was also there was a lot more emissions into the ocean that were starting to clear up. So they had an easier time moving around there. And um, yeah, it was really cool to read that. You know, actually, I've actually known about New York. It's that whole harbor area is just before COVID, it, that place can get pretty polluted at times because again, it's a major metro metropolitan city. So obviously 
there's the sewers things are going to um 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 going to happen you know but yeah, yeah I, it's pretty wild i remember hearing about the donut the dolphins in uh venice on the news some time back it's the same thing too with the canals how the water was getting very clear like you can actually see into the water i thought that was really interesting and beautiful mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah um <laughs> I have a que- another question for you, Kayla. Sorry, I keep putting you on the spot, but you seem to be our in-house expert today. So um, I want to talk about slowdowns in coastal construction and other developments. What? This is obviously a positive thing. Um, c- could you maybe give us a little bit of some background about that? Yeah, well, um, the slowdowns in the coastal construction also really helped with bringing the animals back because all of the noise from the construction would uh, reverberate into the water and it made it really hard for them to communicate with each other, not just because of the boats, but also because of the construction. And um, and also like things from the construction would make their way down into the water. And so when all that slowed down, uh, that also helped the water to clear up. Mm-hmm. And um, they they think that um, with that slowing down, um, it really benefited the animals, the ocean animals, like it reduced their stress mm-hmm. and um, and helped them live better lives just because they weren't so stressed with all the noise that they were trying to communicate around. Yeah. That makes sense. Okay, thank you. Thank you. I'm totally asking the most boring questions, but thank you for responding because I think there are other nerds out there like us that kind of want to know this stuff. Um, so, uh, I just, if there's been an increase in animals coming back to life, water clarity and quality, um, that also on the flip side was had a negative um, aspect to it in that uh, shipping and supply, the supply chains were interrupted. And then mid-COVID, to further that, Lucas has got some cool info on how things were made even worse. Yes, SF, absolutely. Uh, So earlier this year, um, so earlier in 2021, as of this recording, uh, there was actually a ship that ran aground in the Suez Canal, easily one of the biggest shipping routes in the world. So as for like a total of six days, uh, this was back in March. We're now recording this in early September. Um, basically, what happened was the ship uh, had a little bit of an issue and ended up wedged across the waterway, basically blocking off any traffic coming in or out of the canal, basically completely disrupting the supply chain in a nutshell, because the the basically the canal as it is it's um basically if not one of the most important shipping routes so for example my dad who's in again i'm bringing up family stuff here this impacted a lot of people including my dad because um for him he does a lot of wholesaling in the garment business and of course the manufacturers have to ship from let's say from asia who have already been hit terribly by covid so it completely caused a massive massive bottleneck and basically it stopped the whole flow for like 
I, it's it's might still impact the supply chain to this day, even with COVID going around. It's it was it was it was a massive story when it. Broke. Um, it was, just to clarify for those who can't picture this uh, in their heads, if you can picture the Suez Canal as horizontal, just picture a river going horizontal in your head, like a clock in the direction of twelve and six. The it was called the Ever Given, right? Yeah, it was called the it was called the Ever Given. That's correct. So imagine this ship in a vertical position, basically crossing the entirety of the canal um, in the direction of nine and three. Basically, it blocked the entire canal, and it took days for it to get unblocked so they can maneuver it so ships can pass through on both ways. I believe you can actually would have been able to see the blockage using like Google Maps or some other satellite imagery if anyone's interested in looking this up. You could actually Google it. Um, it's it was a it was very infamous uh, when this thing happened. It was it was a massive story. It broke pretty. It was talked about for days, and a lot of the ship. Uh, There's a lot of people who are also in the, uh, who love to read about like ship and those ship trackers. They were like love read, um, reading uh, this kind of stuff. It was it was just like it was it was bizarre, and it was it was basically stuck there for six days and seven hours officially. It was just completely yeah. sideways, just stuck. Mm -hmm. It basically blocked traffic in both directions. It wasn't like where it was just stuck and the ships had to maneuver around it. It was just blocked in both directions. And it, and until the ship, they were able to maneuver it enough that it could move and put itself in a good position. Because this ship was basically long enough um, as wide enough as the canal in its length or something like that. Mm -hmm. Actually, so I that was I a massive size ship. I recall the length of the ship is comparable to the height of the Empire State Building in New York, I recall once. So it's not it, it is definitely not small by any means. If it if it's that tall, if it were like a building, that's that's devastating for the supply chain. And especially because that also would mean that ships would have to go around the canal, adding extra hours onto their onto their voyages and driving up the cost of supplies, which you do not want to have, especially in the middle of a pandemic. Yikes. I think the uh, captain was distracted by his phone. He's texting and shipping. <laughs> <laughs> I, I Apparently, they're still investigating what happened, but um, there was there apparently what I was reading when this whole thing broke a couple months, like at the time, apparently there's some issues with like weather. Apparently, it was like a massive sandstorm. But again, they're still looking into this. We don't know 100% what happened. But even to this day, we still don't know what the heck happened. And they're... They're definitely looking into this and and also um, follow up on this um, to finish off this topic. The Egyptian government uh, will be moving to uh, extend and widen the narrow parts of the canal. So this kind of thing does not happen again because, you know, this is definitely something that they do not want to have to deal with down the road. All right. Uh, so thank you, all, everyone, for being a part of this podcast. Thank you to our listeners. And we look forward to seeing you next time uh, listening to Here on the Pulse. Till next time, have a good one.